baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. You're listening to Buffalo Means Business on News Radio 930 WBEN, and this is where we hear from the businesses and services available in the Buffalo area. If you'd like to be on the program, send me an email at randy.bushover at intercom.com. Doing things a little bit differently for this particular segment, September is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, and I thought we'd help to kind of get the word out. And to that effect, we have a pair of guests in here, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, Chief Medical Officer with Bryland Behavioral Health System, and Mark Nowak, who is the Director of Marketing for Bryland Behavioral Health System. And Mark kind of got you batting lead off to explain what it is that, uh, as far as services that you provide there. Well, thanks for having us in, uh, first of all, Randy. Uh, well, Bryland Behavioral Health System, we're Western New York's premier behavioral health care organization. And uh, what we do is provide compassionate mental health and substance use disorder treatment to individuals of all ages. Um, at our Behavioral Health Care Center uh, in Williamsville, we provide outpatient mental health and substance use disorder treatment. And uh, at Bryland Hospital, which is probably what most individuals are familiar with, uh, we have short-term crisis stabilization uh, hospitalization for children, adolescents, and adults, uh, again, who are in crisis. Uh, these individuals may be struggling with depression, uh, anxiety, uh, possibly bipolar disorder, uh, or even having thoughts of suicide. And Dr. Gupta, just to kind of hammer the point home, uh, some statistics uh, regarding suicide, apparently one of the leading causes of death in the U.S. still. Absolutely. It has become a major public health problem. There are a number of reasons for that. One being the fact that yes, there is an increase in diagnosis and people coming out with mental illness and also the stresses of modern day life, breakdown of the family system and social media, may I say that at the high, uh, all leading to increased stress, depression. And we all know depression gets related to suicide. Now. When we think about suicide, it's the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. You know, in 2016, about 45,000 people died from suicide. And it's, it's, it's tragic that lives are lost that could be more productive. The fact to think about here is that I don't know if we can always predict suicide, but maybe we can pre prevent it by many means that, that that's important. And that's where services and crisis intervention and increased community access, knowledge, you know, information, and all play a key role. And I don't want to necessarily confuse the issue, but uh, you, you've kind of hit on a couple things. First of all, is it true or is it more of a wives' tale that pretty much everybody at some point has some thought about possibly committing suicide? I think it crosses a lot of people mind, but a lot of people just, you know, move on. I think when people are in crisis, so there are a number of factors. So one is the genetics, okay? So there's some literature these days that genetics could be an independent predictor sometimes, independent of even having a mental illness, okay? So genetics is one load. 
Then the next factor comes is mental illness. Like I mentioned, eight times more likely. Mental, amongst the mental illnesses, mood, mood disorders, depression, and th these are the major illnesses that predicted. Now, when this is complicated by substance abuse, okay, that becomes a really very hot problem. So when we take out substance abuse, some people have mental illness, they have suicidal thoughts, and they're using substances to just control that. That's what's working. That's one model that it can happen. And they're using substance abuse, and then to just treat those mood swings, they're using substances, and then ultimately things go out of control, either with an overdose of substances not being used with the intent of suicide, but with the intent of controlling those symptoms, and people just then die accidentally. But I think more often than not, people actually take the point of really, and it's a moment's decision. They want to take their life at that moment. And a phone call, a, dis a distraction, a friend dropping in, something like that is really helpful. Actually, now and more and more people say that maintaining frequent contact is a really good thing people who have these kind of tendency who are on the high risk. So in the mental health field, I don't think I can say that so-and-so is going to take their life tomorrow. I cannot. But we can say this is a high-risk category, okay? And the current list risk may be low or the current risk may be high. But you can't say that like so-and-so will do this tomorrow. You can You can never predict that, you know? This is Buffalo Means Business on News Radio 930 WBEN. And again, uh, September, Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. And to that, uh, we are trying to uh, lend an ear to uh, that potential problem with a couple of guests Dr. Sanjay Gupta, Chief Medical Officer, Bryland Behavioral Health System, and the Director of Marketing for Bryland Behavioral Health System, Mark Nowak, with us. And, uh, Doctor, just to follow up on, on something that you said uh, in your last uh, little bit there. Uh, before we get into some of the treatments that can actually be affected for people at Brylin, uh, how, or, or is it even possible uh, to kind of define who's in a bad mood versus someone who's in a deep depression? Yeah, so that's a very important question because I think we all go through bad moods, okay? And a bad mood is usually reactionary to some event that occurs, and it is transient, okay? I might wake up in a bad mood today, but then you go to work, you, you laugh and joke with a few people, and you're your usual self. Or a bad mood for golfers might be, they really, they really have an easy miss on a putt, and they feel like breaking their club. You, you know, we all know that, and that's a bad mood. But then the next hole, they get a nice putt, and it's all over. The, the previous hole is forgotten. However, when symptoms are persistent for a long time, they affect the daily ability to function. They slow down the individual, that they are reading a page after page and they can't really concentrate what they read, they can't recall. It affects their relationships, it affects work. It just affects their day-to-day -day life, sleep, appetite, weight loss. These are persistent factors. They don't take care of themselves, you know? That's a problem. So that's the difference between just bad mood and persistent depression, you know? We call them 
vegetative symptoms, but really it's a combination of physical symptoms and also a combination of psychological symptoms. Psych psychological means like feeling hopeless, depressed. Physical, they get constipated, they have aches and pains, they might um, you know, just have low energy, things like that. And once you've established the, that there's a pattern there that someone does indeed need some sort of help, two things. First of all, you have to somehow get them to understand they need help or accept that they need help. And then second part of that, what kind of things, what kind of services do you guys provide at Bright Lit? So I think this is important because very hard to get patients to accept that they need help because there's this whole thing about shame, stigma. I mean, it was a lot worse in the past. It's, I would say it's way better now, but I think we still have a ways to go. So I think that's the key part that, you know, for example, I see, you know, some professionals, they think it'll, they might get fired from work, you know. Uh, physicians often think they might lose their license if they're depressed. No, that's not the case. You really, people want to encourage, think about this like blood pressure. This is just brain pressure, okay? Blood pressure, if you put blood pressure on one side, brain pressure on the other side, the factors leading up to each are about the same. So they both need treatment, and they both need extended treatment. And they need modification of lifestyle also, right? With blood pressure too, you gotta lose weight and other things. With, with brain pressure, modification of lifestyle, cut down stressors, do more exercise, more family interaction, things like that. So I think, I think from that perspective, we, you know, we really have to encourage people to seek help. Now, I think that's one thing. The other part that we really prefer not to do is to really strongly encourage people to seek help. That means they get signed into a facility without, without their will. We probably don't encourage that unless we really have to. But we prefer to have people take treatment voluntarily, just like you would take treatment for any other medical illness voluntarily. And as we've established, uh, you mentioned the genetic component uh, potentially for some people who are contemplating suicide or have depression. And similar, similarly, just uh, more than a bad day at work, a bad stretch at work, or you just got laid off and you can't find new work, all sorts of outside influences can change. So I'm guessing in that vein that there are necessarily different types of treatments or way of trying to treat these people yeah, to yes. get them on a better path. And absolutely. There are what we call psychological treatments, medication treatments, and then more aggressive treatments, okay? So I think that just like anything else, when depression starts, the earlier we do an intervention, the better the recovery, the quicker the recovery, the better the long-term prognosis. So earlier we generally try to start with crisis intervention, counseling, you know, focus on the negative distortions, the relationship issues. So if you can get past that, then you may not need medicines, okay? Some people then go to the next step. They need a combination of medication therapy and psychological therapies, okay? And that, that usually has the best data in the literature, the combination for moderate to severe depression. And then you go past that if you tried a lot of psychological therapies and medication therapies, doesn't work. We use electroconvulsive therapy, which is uh, you know, using production of a seizure under 
general anesthesia, which is done at Brylin too, and, and that is very effective for a number of people. Not for everybody, but for those who have not responded to other treatments. Oh, what about those out there in the listening audience who are struggling possibly with this depression that we've been talking about or have these thoughts about potentially harming themselves? How do they reach out? Where do they go? Well, uh, I think what's important, one of the things that you touched on, Randy, was uh, uh, stigma, right? Uh, stigma is something that uh, it's a negative set of thoughts or beliefs about a particular uh, subject, in this case, mental illness. And uh, stigma can prevent a lot of individuals from reaching out. And uh, one of the things that we're involved in is the uh, Anti-Stigma Coalition of Erie County. And uh, we have a website, which is uh, letstalkstigma.org, where one can get uh, information on resources, where people are sharing their stories and their triumphs uh, in regards to their own mental illnesses. Uh, And and obviously, people can reach out to us directly by contacting us at uh, 886-8200, or you can go to our website at www.brylin.com for more information. But, uh, you know, just a a simple phone call, I think, to reach out to a professional uh, looking for assistance or some guidance and and obviously, hopefully, some professional treatment. And, Doctor, any last thoughts from you? I think, ultimately, I think the... My first suggestion would be to seek help. And in most cases, even the person doesn't seek help, family members and friends, even that extra half hour, one hour spent at that time in crisis, leaving other things, would go a long way to, uh, to, to for, for getting people into treatment. And getting people into treatment means prevention of suicide, you know. Very good point. And again, that number, 886-8200. These are the people who will have uh, much more information than we were even able to cover in the uh, few moments we had here. My thanks to Mark Nowak, Director of Marketing, Brylin Behavioral Health System, and Dr. Sanjay Gupta, who is Chief Medical Officer with Brylin Behavioral Health. This is Buffalo Means Business on News Radio 930 WBEN. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 